Hello, welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Kranz. And I am Chip Chantry. Kenneth, how are you? I'm doing well. We got Kahuna back, back to back weeks. What's the honor? How, how, how do we get this honor, Kahuna? Well, you know, when they told me I Love Rock and Roll needed me, <laughs> yeah. I had yeah. to come back. No. It's just whatever shit that he thought was going to go right went wrong, and now he's back. That's my guess. Yeah. (laughs) And judging by how hard he's laughing, I think maybe I'm not too far. (laughs) I ain't directing none of your papa shit. Leave me alone. (laughs) Chip, why don't you uh, why don't you introduce our guest? Uh, Well, I'm very excited to have uh, this special guest back with us for a second time. Uh, Philadelphia hip hop artist, maybe, maybe our only guest can ever to have a mural of himself uh, up and around. We'll talk about that. Uh, He just released a track called The Way for the Philadelphia Eagles. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Reef The Lost Cause is here. How are you? Hello, 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 hello. How's everyone? Hey, Reef. Uh, Good, man. First of all, tell us about the tell us about the mural. Uh, That's so cool. Yeah, man. Like, you know, just uh, random. Uh, my, 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 my boy team, uh, he got commissioned by the mural arts. I guess I learned a lot about how it works, but I guess every year they grant a certain amount of artists to do murals. And he wanted to do one celebrating the culture of hip hop music. Um, not just, you know, definitely Philly based, but also just in general, there's like a whole, if you, if you, if you go check it out, it's on ninth and, uh, Cecil B more under a bridge. It starts, it basically tells the story of hip-hop. It starts with the DJ. So there's a, a mural of DJ Jazzy Jeff. And then it talks about how the MC came along and there's a mural of me and then there's a mural of a B-boy and so, so on and so forth. So I'm representing the MC portion of it. Um, the fact that it's, you know, it's my face lends me to be able to be like, yeah, I got a mural. But I mean, really, it's a part of something much bigger. <laughs> so it's a whole story. It's a two-block radius mural. It's beautiful. Um, one of the greatest days of my life was, you know, being there with all my family and friends and unveiling it. And like I got to have the big scissors and do the cut thing. I always want nice. to do that. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, man, it's on ninth and us. should be more. And you know, you guys got about, I'd say like three weeks till someone draws a dick on my face. So definitely It is Philly, man. I think like, I, I think that's when I'll know it's official. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah, then I got to get Once someone fucks face. it up is when you know it's real. That's right. That's right. Cecil B. Yep. You, you know what I love about that, though, Reef? I love that, um, like, you got to see it and you got to bring your family and they got to they got to honor it. Like, you usually don't get that shit till you're dead and, sure. and you can't sure. see it. So I, I love that they I love that they did that for all of yeah. you while while sure. you're alive and, and could uh, can appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, they let me, you know, they let everybody that was involved in the mural do, you know, a little 30 second, one minute speech. And I basically said what exactly what you said is like, you know, all the friends that I grew up with that have murals is because they they died. You yeah. know what I mean? You know, um, and so it was really like, you know, give give people their flowers while they're alive. So that that definitely was very, very touching. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the mural story. That's great, man. Uh, so I guess we'll jump right in. The first question I have is, is Reef, is what do you think the odds are that uh, Johnny Goodtimes and I could get a mural of ourselves up? Maybe like a 10th and Fitzwater kind of sure. situation. Right. How, what, what are the odds? How, how are you feeling about that? I mean, I what's the that, angle? 
I think it's very possible, but knowing Johnny, he would commission it himself. <laughs> yes. You know right. what I mean? Like he would he would find someone to do it, you know what I mean? Yeah. And uh it would probably be him like giving you the finger and you kinda yeah. like in the corner crying. It wouldn't be like you yeah, know what no, I mean? it, Yes, it would be very derogatory. Uh, like I would not be <laughs> depicted well at all if, right. if he had anything. Right. You you right. think someone's gonna commission like uh, the history of bar trivia mural? <laughs> 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 like he would commission to have the dick already on my face. There you go. It would yeah. be it would be yeah, prerequisite. Yeah, but um yeah, man, uh you know, I just uh it's really crazy, man. Like it's funny like I I found myself uh and this is some straight up like just fucking I you know, not, I don't know if it's exclusive to Philly, but I'm from Philly, so I'm going to say it. It's like that like even with all that there was another mural that got unveiled and this woman is like, it's on Spruce Street. She's like 60 feet in the air. And I'm like, man, I wish I was 60 feet in the air. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, be grateful. But I was like, damn, that's really cool. I, I wish I had that, you know? Yeah, so, that 60 foot mural. Who books that? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the idea that something like that would bring me joy, like it lasted like five minutes until I was complaining again, you know? <laughs> now, were you worried at the unveiling that like a Clubber Lang type character would show up? <laughs> And like threaten you and your lady, yeah. you know, just like in Rocky Three. Like he's, that's what I would. He's been battling. Be about. He's been he's been rap battling tomato cans this whole time. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I I uh, I, I definitely kept my eye out for for you know for the haters for the ops, yeah. if, as the kids say. But um, you know, it, it went pretty well. But I think that would have. I mean. I wish one of my friends would have thought of that and like pranked me with that because that would have been made it like 20 times better. Like have a guy just like come running up like, you don't deserve no mural. I deserve <laughs> yes. mural. You know what I mean? Like, that would have been yeah. made it like 20 times better for sure. <laughs> uh, and tell us real quick about uh, about the way that the track that how, how did that come about? Yeah. So uh, uh, the young OG, as I call him, Chill Moody, uh, this is a kid who like I admire him. I mean, he's a great MC, but what he's done business-wise, the, the 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 rooms he's found himself in, is just remarkable. This is a kid that has a uh, you know uh, beer called Nice Things that is sold at the link and sold in stores all over the city. He's involved with Forbes. Uh, uh, he's involved in so many different things, and the Eagles reached out to him because they wanted to do this thing called the 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 Pepsi playlist. They had a deal with Pepsi where. Every home game, they would have a Philly artist create a anthem uh, for the home game. And uh, so that's what, eight, nine songs that and he handpicked and curated this playlist. Um, so every week, uh, every home game, rather, the song would drop that Friday along with it, a poster created by an artist. Shout out to Kenny Thomas, one of my, my dear friends. He got a poster. I so they would Kenny. have the poster, yeah. the artwork. Would, would drop on their website along with the song underneath it. They'd have like a little detail about the artist that did it. Incredible look. Um, you know, this was one of those things where it's, it's funny to me because it's like, you know, you guys both understand this, I'm sure, like you do so much, but it's stuff like that where people are like, oh man, you're really like, it's like, yeah, yes, yes. I am. I'm, <laughs> yes, sorry that it took, I'm sorry that it took something like this for you to like, I had someone like, I'm not going to put anyone on blast, but like, a family member of my wife, like I've this girl's never spoken to me. She's like, yeah, my cousin. And I'm like, you fucking, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's, but uh, yeah, the song came out great. They played it on the, uh, the, we, we got the last game of the year, which was the, uh, the giants game, which wasn't supposed to mean anything. And then it ended no, up and it did. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 
Um, so that was really cool because again, the the artist complaining thing. I'm like, oh man, we got the last game of the year. That game's not going to mean anything, but then it ended up meaning something. So yeah. it worked out really well, and the song's getting uh, good reception. We're going to actually put it out online on on the streaming services uh, playoff weekend because right now it's just up on the Eagles uh, app and their website and their Instagram or whatever. But um, right before the playoff weekend, we're going to get it up there. So that's great. That's and that great. Poster's great. That's uh, amazing. My, dude. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you, thank uh, and I love I love Kenny Thomas too. He he used to work with my wife when they worked for the. She used to work for the Sixers, the Flyers, doing nice. graphic design, and then you know, he worked yeah. for Johnny. He actually designed my last album cover, and then unfortunately I had to scrap it at the end because they wanted like a photo of the. So it's like I had sure. it, and it was great, and then but yeah, he's he's the best. So uh, how did he? How did he man. take that? Did he how did he take that? Did he threaten you? I felt bad. He was great. He was great. And I, I, felt, I felt so bad, but because uh, it was great. But he uh, but they wanted a photo that I, hey, after man. I went through all that. Yeah, yeah I, I got you. Now. That the game is the game, man. Yeah. I have to tell you, I, I, saw, I saw you post on Facebook about the Eagle song and um, and you didn't give a shit. No, I'm I, well, listen, I'm, no, quite the opposite. This is how I know. This is how I know I'm 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 growing. This is how I know I'm evolving. I'm a I'm a lifelong Giants fan. Grew up maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes from the stadium. And yeah. I hate the fucking Eagles, you sure. know, my whole life. I fucking hate right. the Eagles. But I saw yeah. you post that. And it is the very first Philadelphia Eagles anything related thing that I ever hit the like button on. Cause I was nice. a, I was able I to be like, it. you know what, Reef's Reef seems pretty cool. He's always been a good guest. I'm yeah, happy, even if it's the Eagles, I'm ha- it's it's so cool that he did that. Uh, I would he's never just, he's, I, just, he's just sitting in front of his computer, rocking back and forth, crying <laughs> in his Jeff Hostetler jersey. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Hostetler won a fucking Super Bowl. He did. He did with that with that glorious stash. With that glorious 80s porn stash. So um I don't think, by the way, I don't think this is sacrilege, but yeah, of course, I'm a huge Eagles fan. When I was like 10 or so, and I was an Eagles fan, but it was the one year, it might have been the Hostetler year when they went to the Super Bowl. I was like, I kind of like the Giants. And like, I became like, they were my second favorite team, which is, mm-hmm. for, you can't do that. That, that, but, yeah, that doesn't uh, make they, much sense. They were my Look, second favorite team for a while. Yeah. Yeah, man. I have like, you know, I have friends that I have to have conversations with where I'm just like, dude, like, it's not that serious. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I love my Eagles. I don't fuck with the, you know, obviously our division rivals, the Cowboys, Redskins, Giants, but I'm not like, I have friends that like, you know, they like want to fight people in, in, in yeah. jer- opposite team. Yes. jerseys. I just think that's a little bit overkill. Like you can root for your team. You can love it. But like, if you like another team that happens to be a rival or whatever, so the fuck what we're, we're like, they, they don't, they don't care. They don't no. know. You know what I mean? And like, they're all friends. They're it's, all uh, friends. They hug yes, each other. Yeah. At the game. Like, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? We're the ones that like. I just think it's like the people that like paint their face and like, oh, like I can't keep it on. I would rather. I would. I'm glad I have a a daughter. But if I had a son, I've said this many times. I would rather that he became a serial killer than like just a (laughs) dude that painted his face (laughs) at football games. Like that just seems so much more psychotic to me. It's insane, dude. It's yeah. insane. And my son, my son's been playing football now, so I have to be around like football dads and all that. And I'm just like, damn, man, like what the fuck happened to you? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, well, yeah. you're, like so invested in these eight year olds. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, yeah, weird, it's called peaking in high school. Yeah. 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 How about yeah. it? How about it? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, well, 
uh, this all sort of leads us, all this talk of football and the history of hip hop sort of leads us right into today's topic. There's mm-hmm. a topic? There's, I almost forgot myself. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. It's, it's, uh, how does Mark Marin's? It's two live crew day on it's, I Love it's Rock and two Roll. Two live crew day here at I Love Rock and Roll. Nice. Uh, so, Reef, uh, were you were you a fan? Are, are you familiar with them? Like, what's what's your relationship with Two Live Crew? So, interestingly enough, my my relationship with Two Live Crew is I'm a hip hop kid from from the '80s and '90s. So, obviously, they were always around. Um, as far as I can remember, you know, like their sound was different. Didn't walk around bumping them, but as a kid, they were like they were the dirty record. I guess you would compare it to like you know the sneaking in watching uh you know eddie murphy raw or something yep. like that it was you weren't supposed to listen to this so that was their appeal it was just like uh it was novelty to me because you know i'm a, i'm i'm an east coast kid so i was listening to the more serious big daddy teen all that type of shit but two live crew was always fun and fun fact one of my mother's favorite songs shout out to my mom is dick is in the dust by two live crew <laughs> she used to play it all the time all the time bro like my mom's hardcore like she used to play like no vaseline by like my mom's like yeah but but that was a surprising one it was on the new jack city soundtrack so if you guys don't know about that one check out dick is in the dust it's one of their more like serious records which is so funny because they're yeah. like talking about like society and shit but it's like yeah, yeah. But two live crew was two live crew was and also as I got older and learned more about how shit works, I had so much respect for Luke Skywalker, his business acumen, how he kind of took his destiny in his own hands. He fought the, you know, general attorney. Like, this is a guy that, like, has lived, man. Like, his story is pretty fucking amazing. And I don't think he gets enough props just being sort of the blueprint to the Puffies and the Jay-Zs of the world. So, yeah, shout, much love to our crew, man, for sure. Yeah, that's, that's, that's sort of what I wanted to focus on. So I was watching... Um, and, and by the way, before you even get into that, just, just to hit something, like, I was not a hip-hop kid growing up, you know, and, like, I wasn't, you know, like, I knew, I knew Run DMC, <laughs> I knew Beastie Boys, and that was it. And, like, Suburban Kid. But, like, I knew Two Live Crew, and I knew, like, Me So Horny, like, I, everybody knew that song because you, sure. I think because you weren't supposed to, you weren't right. supposed to listen to it. It just became so mainstream. Like ev- everybody knew it. You, you played it all the time. Yeah, yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, no, I, I was going to say uh, just to, to Reeves point that I was watching uh, on Netflix. Um, they've got a, they've got a series called hip hop evolution that, mm-hmm. that takes sure. you from the very beginning of hip hop up until today. And um, when I was watching the two live crew episode, like I remember, I remember him fighting the Supreme Court. I remember him always, you know, being uh, like a free speech champion, which which didn't seem, you know, when you, I don't remember how old, 14 or 15 didn't seem like a big deal back then. But like you said, as 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 I watched this documentary and you realize like, oh, man, like the hip hop as we know it would have been totally different if uh if it had gone the other way if this if yeah. this court case against him had gone the other way yeah man that was that time man where it was just hardcore like you know uh tipper gore or whatever all that like you know the the the, the group trying to you know the parental advisor stickers and all that other stuff and like I think hip hop scared the shit out of a lot of people, man. And they were really adamant about trying to censor it. And, uh, you know, guys like him, thank God really stepped up and kind of fought it. Cause like you said, man, it would be, it would, it would look a lot different today. I don't think it would be as, as, as much of a force if we were, uh, kind of had our, um, 
you know, our hands tied of what we can say and what we, you know, can can express, you know? Isn't that a strange thought to think that just maybe a few decisions changes an entire genre of music? Yeah. 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 Right. Entire it's, culture. It's, yeah. And it only mm-hmm. it only would have changed hip hop. Like nobody nobody was coming for nobody was coming for any of the white guys saying <laughs> And and that's that's something that came up on that documentary too about how like you know even like Richard Pryor, Eddie Murphy, like all of those, like that stuff was dirty and nobody was going after that. And he was like, Yeah, the reason why is because they're owned by white owned record labels. Like yeah. nobody's coming after him. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah, I think his independence, his, you know, his his uh refusal to kind of play the game. Like, I mean, that's with everything, man. If you, you look at how the world works, if you don't play the game, there's gonna be somebody somewhere like with an axe to grind looking to knock you off, you know. And I think uh here's this dude like making a mint off of the most vulgar, disgusting shit ever. And it's like, you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta knock that guy out of here, but he somehow prevailed, you know? He was saying he learned that from his dad too. I forget what, do you remember what he said his dad did for a little, it was like a house painter or something. Okay. I, I, forget, I forget what it was. Said, no, he said it was his uncle had a painting business and he became uh, super, it became super successful. And as soon as it became too big, he said something like the white people came out of the woodworks trying to to knock them back down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he like learned it from that. Yeah. Yeah. I but, mean, yeah. I mean, experience, experience is the best teacher. So, you know, I guess that lesson stuck with him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But it, it really is like so. So Luther Campbell uh, starts out. He's he's a Miami DJ. And um he uh he's attracting a lot of people um to to the point where the cops are starting to come out to some of his shows and, and this is he's not rapping he's just he's just DJing right but um he, like he he started i guess he started a riot one night uh when the cops showed up and he's screaming fuck the police and he, he starts a whole <laughs> riot and then um and first of all First of all, props to him. He called himself Luke Skywalker and just put two Y's in Sky. Like, just so it was different enough. That's a badass move right there. That's badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Did they ever, they never came after him for that, huh? They. I think George Lucas did, but I. Yeah, eventually George Lucas did, did sue him for it. Because, you know, George Lucas needs the money. Yeah. yeah, of course. He's like, hey, what are you doing over there? I, I'm, I'm strong. I got to feed my family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's uh, the same thing happened. I mean, when Ken started his uh, comedy career, he he would go by Kenny Ewalk, and uh, they <laughs> that real quick. Oh, I wonder why he stopped doing that. Yeah, Ken, Kenny the Ewalk. Yeah. <laughs> you got a cease and desist, Ken? Yeah, yeah. From uh, I was like, what? Why is the return address Endor? <laughs> <laughs> Shit! There goes my hip hop group R two D two. Um, but so, so, so Luther Gamble is, he's tired of the police, like coming to the parks and Mm -hmm. breaking up his parties, but they don't have any like teen disco. There, there's no teen discos for, there was no black owned teen discos. In, in this neighborhood of Miami. In, yeah. in this neighborhood. So he was like, well, I gotta, well, we gotta open one then. Right. And he had this mentality of like, if, if nobody's giving you anything, you have to go and, and make it for yourself. Yeah, man. 
And he opens his disco. He starts his own record label. Uh, he he becomes a producer. Um, yeah. Did he have like a record store somewhere down there too, or am I, am I remembering that wrong? He may he may have. Right. I think he was one of those guys that was like selling album like tapes by the hundreds out of the trunk right. of his car. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. That was the time too, man. Like you know, he was right at the forefront of that. Uh, you know that Miami bass culture. You know what I mean? Like they they party down there, and I think you know the proximity to you know University of Miami, Florida. You know all those colleges down there. It's a it's like you know it was the perfect soundtrack. You're on the beach all day, like. It was like the perfect storm. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, it was. And it was music made for for the people living there. Like it was, um, you know, it, it was geared towards young part, you know, young people that wanted the party and fuck. Yeah. And um, <laughs> um, strippers. Yes. So he he starts managing this group. I guess that eventually becomes two live crew. Well, because they were two live crew they, out in LA, right? Right. So yeah. they, but they, but he doesn't join the band. He doesn't join them until he he books them a few live performances. Because he started playing their records and people were loving it. So he was like, "Oh, let me sign this. Let me sign this group." Yeah. So he's playing their records. Come on people out love Miami. them. But then when they come out and they do their live show, they're boring as fuck. And they're bombing. Right. So oh, he would oh. he would run on stage and do some like hype man shit. Right. Right. Because like, right. he had because he had the DJ experience and he would talk over the records. Right. So he would come on in between and then he would get the crowds going. And then after he did that a few times, he was just like, well, fuck it. I'm just in the band now because <laughs> you guys. You know? Yeah. I love the audacity to be like, you guys fucking suck. I'm in this. now." Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then right. like he, and then he demanded that he get paid for. Uh, with <laughs> so he was like, I guess, taking like double salary. Everything about it is just backwards. I love it. But I, if I remember correctly, yeah, those guys didn't have like the most charisma you know what i mean like like it's it's very rare that like the producer dj background guy is like the star you know but those <laughs> those those guys were just like they were very like they were they were they could they, they got the job done but there was yeah. nothing really exciting about their voices or their rhymes you know what i mean in your experience who you've seen either live or just historically who do you think is like the most maybe like charismatic person you've seen like on stage like somebody that can just just personality wise or whatever can just bring a room blow a room up um so on the i'm gonna say on the uh on the rap hip-hop side of things krs1 i would say krs1 would be the like the most like his live show is just like out of this world um, and then obviously like on the music side, I mean, it's Prince, you know what I mean? Like if we're talking non hip hop, those are the two shows that like, you know, just mastery, you know what I mean? From start to finish, you know what I mean? Just yeah. the way they present it. Kendrick Lamar has become one of my favorites. I've seen him perform a couple of times and, you know, he puts on a great show. I mean, I think the, the, the live show, uh, in hip hop for a long time, um, was so important and then it kind of waned away everyone kind of got really cool you know what i mean mm -hmm. and they didn't want to sweat too much or mess up their outfit but the original 
blueprint of this whole thing was guys rhyming in the park, guys rhyming at discos. Mm-hmm. They had routines. They would, you know what I mean? Like it was a whole thing. And then like, uh, I think it kind of came back a little bit in the late nineties um, with guys like Wu Tang, you know, just tearing the stage up. There's that's another group. Busta Rhymes. Yeah. And I can't believe I mentioned Busta. Busta's fucking incredible live. Like that to me separates the men from the boys. You know, I think you can, um, you can be in the studio for all day, make a thousand records. But if I see you live and you, you're a dud, man, I kind of like don't really, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's where you kind of prove yourself that you are worthy of doing this is when you step on that stage, you know? It's one thing to put out a phenomenal record, but to translate that to the stage is almost an entirely different skill set. Yeah, man. You can be a great studio artist, but you can suck live. Right. Uh, And that's always heartbreaking. You know, that's always sad. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you know, it works for some people where their aesthetic is, you know, more laid back type of stuff. But if you're someone that's um, got songs that have like that type of energy, that type of vibe, like I want to when I see you live, man, I want to I want to see that translated. You know what I mean? So I think that um, that was probably the best thing that ever happened to those two dudes was Uncle Luke hopping in with his because he's got the perfect voice for hyping shit up. Yeah. And those like wild, crazy electro bass, like fucking frenetic beats. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure it gave them a jolt, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's so funny that like I so I watched that. I was uh, I watched that hip hop evolution. I watched the episode on them. I've watched it three times in the last two days. Okay. I've read interviews and I looked at Wikipedia. I still can't name the other two guys. It's is one of them is like ice. Dog? ice yeah, it was ice yeah. something. And, and then he, he just the, passed away. Yeah. Yeah. He just died. Right. Yeah, like 2017, I think. Yeah, that's what I said. Okay. Yeah. Ice Dog, and then is it like, it's something porn, it's really porn sound. Is it like Mr. Marcus? Yes, no. Uh, it was Snow, it's something like that. It was Marcus something, yes. Um. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's is it, it was like Big Marquee or something like that? Uh, uh, <laughs> it was something like that. Yeah, wait, I'll, I'll yeah, I, I should have it here. Yeah. So, um, so they go to the studio, they, they make this album nasty as they want to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's got the song Me So Horny. And then I guess the best and worst thing that could happen to them is it becomes uh, Me So Horny becomes huge. And it, it crosses yeah. it crosses over. It crosses Listen, over to, to white audiences. And then there was not a lot of rap videos on MTV. And I remember seeing that shit every fucking day. Yep. You know was, what I mean? And, and again, like that's what it, like I wasn't in aware of a lot of hip hop, but I knew that video and I knew yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um. So they they cross over, but now you got white parents freaking the fuck out and mm-hmm. what their kids are listening to, and right. uh, you know. So they they start they, yeah, they start a way to get them away from this shit, you know? That's yeah. why we live in the suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Karen. How, how are you guys NWA? What's that? How was you guys as parents with that type of stuff? My my I had what you would call extremely hands-off parents. Nice. Uh, Me too. So I there was not a whole lot of monitoring. Like my mom would have been horrified, but I, I just would listen to it in headphones. I I I bought it. Like you, I, the easiest way to get me to buy something 
is to tell me that you shouldn't buy it. Like I am such a mark for <laughs> for any like anti-authority. Like you remember, like so the parental advisory sticker was just like a buy it badge for kids. I, I I think it was for kids across America. That Tipper Gore thought that she was going to cripple this industry, right. and all she did was help a a bunch of artists sell yeah. probably millions more records than they ever would have uh, oh, without that sticker. Amazing. Yeah. It almost became like it, uh, certainly for a rap artist, like if you didn't have that sticker. The album was probably lame. Yeah, you were soft. Like, I mean, you know, it was some great, great artists, but I think they were put in the genre of more, you know, uh, not as hardcore if you didn't have the, the, the you know, the kid in plays or guys like that, which yeah. like, I love kid in play, but like, you know, if you wanted to be a badass, you had to have the sticker, man. You had to be on there dropping mad cuss words and you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Enough people start complaining that it gets the attention of a sheriff in Broward County in Florida, which, by the way, the only thing I know about Broward County in Florida, I've learned uh, watching cops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 90. I feel like 90 percent of every cops episode ever filmed was filmed in Broward County. It's in Broward County. Yes. One hundred percent. So when you see yeah. the footage of like 20 police officers surrounding like a fucking Sam Goody because <laughs> they heard that they were selling the new two live crew record. It was like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. <laughs> how yeah. how is this? How is this the thing that is be, gotten bumped to the top of the list of priorities in Broward County? And that's what Luke was saying too. Like yeah. he's like, there are so many issues you could be you could be dealing with drugs. You could be dealing with these things that with poverty and everything. And it's like you're dealing with bad words on an album, like because so so it makes it look like you're accomplishing something. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of been like you know that's that's. That's exactly what it is now and will forever be, is that yeah. those, the, those issues, the things that we really need to be focused on as as a country, as a community, as as people, that shit always gets pushed to the back for some fucking goofy bullshit. You know what I yeah. mean? Yep. Yeah. So yep. nothing's changed really, sadly, since 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 then. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. No, it, it feels like we're sort of it's always cyclical, but it feels like we're heading back in that direction. Um, yeah. but it, 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 a federal judge in Florida rules it obscenity. He, he right. says this album is now considered obscenity. I, I believe it's the first time an, uh, an album has ever been yeah deemed has obscene. ever been yeah. deemed, uh, to be obscene. Um, and it becomes like a real, battle for first amendment rights and uh it's interesting watching this documentary because luke even says he was like you know i just wanted to see if black people had first amendment rights and, and i was i was prepared to go to jail for it right. and and he was let me let me ask you guys do you think uh do you think that judge actually like sat there and listened to the record or you think like his like <laughs> clerks like gave him like little feet like i'm trying to picture this dude like in his chambers I think like this dude got play. cliff notes. I think this I, dude got cliff notes. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you why I think you're on to something. So there is, by the way, you, you can watch. I found one. I found one segment. Um, it, It's fucking amazing. 
two live crew goes on Donahue. <laughs> Stop right there. Don't say no more. Already, like, classic classic say. television. You don't have to say no more, Ken. <laughs> two live crew goes on Donahue to, to talk about all this. And they've got um, an anti-obscenity lawyer uh, who's on the panel. And he's saying he's saying to Luke, like, your lyrics, uh, your lyrics depict brutalization of women. They promote violence towards women. There's gang rape. There's this. And Luke was just like, I don't there's not one song on any album we've ever put out that that promotes violence towards women. I know I know you're lying. You heard you heard somebody else's album. Right. So to right. answer your question, no, I don't even think people were listening. Right. They just yeah. took, took took the cliff notes or took, took what someone told them and, and ran with it. It was it was probably a sheriff with one of these Tipper Gore wives who was like, can you fucking believe what, you know, what I, and then he was like, oh God, I got to make her shut up. Okay. Okay. Like, I'll, I think it was, all right, I'll take this dude out. All right. All right. Get off my back, will you? <laughs> But I highly suggest checking out the Donahue clip because they perform a little bit on there and just watching the crap panning the crowd of yeah. these just old white people. It's it's like it's as if they were performing for the crowd in the pie eating scene from Stand By Me. It was it was it was it was as However, however white you're picturing uh, a, a Donahue crowd yeah. in in the early 90s, it's it's way whiter. Well, and, and, but, oh, wow. and you also bring up a good point too, Ken. You you said something when before I saw it about the difference between the men and the women in the crowd. Yeah. Oh, the men. You saw the men trying not to crack up. Yeah, oh, like all the women are just like horrified, and all the guys are like, Whoa. like, like where, where was Donnie film? Was Donnie in Chicago? I think I, I don't York? remember. I don't remember. Wherever it was, it's just these like, like doughy sixty-five-year-old like guys all, trying all not to laugh, listening yeah. to it. It was great. Like they, 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 there was a couple of two live crew fans made in the audience that day. Sure, and that's yeah. the thing about it is that like that like you said earlier about like having the desired effect of, of making people not want it all it did was draw more people in you know what i mean like yeah. giving them all this attention and like i'm sure those guys in the audience left there and was like oh that was awesome i gotta find that you know yeah yeah um yeah it was uh it it it's very entertaining it's very entertaining television nice by the way i i do want to bring something up though and i devil's advocate here you know, Misa Horny was their big song. There is, you know, do you want children listening to that? I thought maybe, maybe we could clean it up a little bit. And if if Luke is listening or if they ever want to recap, how about instead of Miso Horny, why not Miso Happy? Like that's a fun, more you know, or like I got uh, because me then you're so loyal. In the George Lucas territory and is going to sue you for yes. being Jar Jar Binks. I, yeah, it's true. <laughs> How, how, how about me so loyal? Like, that's a nice, that's a good thing good. for a, a child. Me so trustworthy. Wouldn't that be a good song? <laughs> oh, me so trustworthy. Oh, or like, hey, did you clean up your room really well? It's like, yeah. did you do it thoroughly? Oh, yeah. me so thorough. Like, make these kids, <laughs> yeah. like, 
you know, Chip, be I so need humble. You, I need you to stop, be man. Be so honest. You're speaking this into existence, and someone out there eventually is going to pick up on that wave, and it's going to be in yeah. the worst possible place. No, yes, it's going to be great. Yes, it no. will. Yeah. Watch, well, listen, six six I months have... from now, the Eagles are going to be playing Me So Reliable <laughs> by Reef. <laughs> No, all jokes aside, though, man, like real shit, like I, I got, you know, I got young ones running around. I don't know if you guys do, but there's this thing called like Kids Bop where they take popular rap yes. songs and they kid them up. Yeah. yeah. That me so happy might fucking catch off, bro. Like I, could, I would not be shocked if there was some I little mean, kid like, oh, be so happy. Not for bro. nothing. Snoop Dogg's got that whole new kids line thing that he's been working on, and it's oh, actually really? kind of crazy. Like he, someone posted this the other day, and it's the funniest shit I've ever seen. He's got a rap song where it's just him doing positive affirmations. He's like, "I'm glad I woke up today." I'm kind of just like fucking kids, like just repeating his lyrics. And I'm like. That's fucking D-O-double-G. Yeah. That, guy, that guy's going to outlive us all, man. He's the guy was on trial for murder. I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And he's America's sweetheart now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. He's yeah. in the same league as Martha Stewart. I love it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> She's done more jail time than he has. Yeah. How about it? How about that? And they're like, the they're the, yeah, I mean, only only in America. So only what we're America. saying, Reef, is you got to hop on that uh, me so happy. You, yeah, you, you know how many times I've like had the gimmick and I knew the gimmick would work and I just fucking like I just that fucking corny like I'm an artist thing took over and it's like nah you got you got mouse to feed maybe you should do the gimmick you know yeah, what I mean yeah so I might I might not, end up not I can I can just picture like nine years ago Reef just in his basement he's like it's a shark but it's a baby. <laughs> yeah. and, parents, and they're just fucking swimming around and the baby's looking for their mom. No, no, no. I'm going to write a song about revolution, man. You know, you never, you never see some skinny little kid rubbing his belly. Like, Oh man, I'm starving, but at least dad's got integrity. <laughs> <laughs> me, me so hungry. Listen, son, I understand there's holes in your shoes and there's in the house, but you got to understand artistic integrity. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. Me, me so hungry, but dad hasn't sold out at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me, oh, me, oh, me so hungry. It's just a kid. In a, oh, my God. A kid fucking complaining because his dad won't fucking. <laughs> oh, me so hungry. Yeah. That'd be funny, but fucked up. Um. It's funny you were talking about the kids, Bob. So I have um, my my daughter is uh, she's almost seven. So she's she's into kids, Bob. And it's it's if any parents out there, it's it's fucking not good. But I I was I was telling my sister that um, I completely made this up. I was like telling her about kids, Bob. And I told her that they did a version of WAP. And she was like, what? She was like, really? She was like, well, what did they say it stands for? I was like, wide ass pony. <laughs> and she was like, she believed me. She was like, they still use the word ass. That doesn't seem very. Mm-hmm. I was like, Yo, yeah, it's that, no. it's that, it's believable. I, I, there's nothing they do now that, uh, that shocks or surprises me, man. Like even these, like not to get off topic, but uh, yeah, like, you know, kids, Bob, all the ki- kids entertainment in general is just, fucking terrible but i guess it's because i'm not a kid you know yeah. is there like i love a like a stripped down cover version of like you know something you're not expecting can, can either of you think of a kids bop song you're like oh my god that's actually pretty good or is it just is, is there one that's ever popped out you're like 
this is a this is a decent no and anyone i've ever heard i've been like this is uh the worst this is the worst thing i've ever heard it's not like one good kid singer it's like a fucking chorus of them and they all can't sing yeah right right i think i I wouldn't chip i wouldn't say there's a good one but my favorite one is there's this kid like you know, it's something fucking like, you know, Braden, Braden James or something. You know, he's a cute little, you know, uh, blonde haired, blue eyed kid. And he does, uh, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, about outcast. And it's so bad, <laughs> but it's like, I can't believe that this. And it's like, you know, <sighs> I just, you know, compared to my numbers on YouTube compared to this kid, it's like, ah, well, I, I can't tell him anything. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. <okay. laughs> I can't tell this fucking kid anything, but it's so bad that it's good. It's like, yeah, you just watch with your mouth open. Like he's so offbeat. And it's like, dog, this is a song about like a man talking to the mother of his mother, the mother's baby yeah, mama's baby mama. mama's mama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're, you're 11. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Reef's calling him up for advice. Like, Hey, how'd you do it? Grayson. Hey, <laughs> Listen, we should talk. Dude. Come to the studio, man. I got joints, man. We should work. Let's, oh let's work. God. Let's work. Um. So. Uh. So. Back and to- like they they were. It wasn't just like. And we kind of mentioned this too, but especially Luke, like it wasn't like they were just going to be like we're just going to be filthy and whatever. Like th- there was deliberate, especially when Heat came on. You had mentioned this, but like. They went to Broward County and put on a show. I think it was Broward County where they went. They, and it was it show. was Broward County, which was the home of the sheriff that was arresting people, the record store owners. Record right. store owners were going to jail for yeah. selling an album to adults. Yes. Right. That's what right. blows. And that's what like. You even see, I mean, it's, it's like, it's funny to goof on Donahue and Two Live Crew, but you could tell Donahue was like, what the fuck are they doing to these guys? Right, like, this right. is insane. These are just people releasing albums and right. they're, they're not for children. And that, and, you yeah. know, and, and Luther said, they, they said, well, what do you, you know, what do you say to the parents who are concerned? He's like, I would tell them not to buy my album and give it to their kids. Right. Yeah. How about it? I, I would tell them not to come to my concert. And he said, we our concerts are 18 and up. They are for right. adults. He said, if we get contracted to do an all ages show, the promoter tells us this is an all ages show and we do a clean show. Right. Now, I can't imagine what a clean two live, you know, it was probably like over in nine minutes, but yeah, I, yeah, that's a lot of cleaning up. Yeah. But <laughs> they, they would, you know, they would, they would do what they were paid to do. Yeah. And, um, they do this concert knowing full well, like, like Luke says to, to the other two, like, Hey, we're going to jail tonight, but we got to prove yeah, right. a point. And they, he said, and you see the footage. And there's all cop. There's cops lined in the back. There's undercover cops. But he said the funniest thing too. He was like, "I can." Sp-. He's like, I, "These undercover cops are so corny." He's like, you, "You see a guy in a Dolphins jersey and a Cowboys hat? Fucking police, skinny ass jeans. Yeah, yeah. Hat, hat to the back. Yeah, yeah. What's up, yo? Is it going down tonight? <laughs> hey, fellow friends." Unreal, but they—they they, it's either a cop or Johnny Good Times. They—they <laughs> <laughs> they do the concert and they are promptly arrested right after they—they they go to jail. Um, a federal judge ordered the arrest, 
And then uh, the case goes all the way to the Supreme Court. And uh, thankfully, they're they're found not guilty. And um, the First Amendment does, you know, it, it does hold up. But what he said was so interesting was that if he had been found guilty, that you now would have had um, you now would have had precedent set. Right. And every hip hop album that came after that, that had explicit lyrics would be banned. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was kind of like, you know, they. Uh, there's there's watershed moments for this culture you know, over and over and over again. And I definitely think the two live crew case is up there because you're talking about, um, I mean, and, and the funniest thing is, is like that shit's tame in comparison to shit that's out now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But back then it was like the world was ending. And again, you know, the, the we have to be honest about the, the race factor. And it is like, like, you know, here's these scary black dudes from Miami that are coming to like, you know, rape your daughter. You know what I'm saying? And like that, that was the, that was the energy behind it. You know what I mean? Because there was a, you know, that was the time of fucking cock rock and hair metal and all, you know, there was all types of uh, just explicit and obscene music just kind of going unchecked, untouched out, out, out in plain sight. You got poison and Motley Crue videos, just completely exploiting women. Yeah. Molly Crew. I mean, was it who did Girls, Girls, Girls? That was Molly Crew. That was yeah. Molly Crew. I, I mean, and these videos were. Yeah. These videos so were just the, uh, as bad as. Yes. I mean, with, the, with the top hat and all, what the fuck? Uh, the the uh, teacher. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, Van Halen. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the fact that it was it was hip hop on trial, and hip hop's been on trial a few times. There was, you know, years later. You had people trying to shut down, you know, death row and all. But like the thing about Two Live Crew was they um, they used it the correct way as far as like making it so uh, it was it was the best marketing in the world. It made them superstars. Otherwise, if, if they'd have been left alone, you know, maybe me so horny kind of comes and goes. But like because of what the intended effect was it was complete. It was the completely opposite effect. You know, they, they made them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Up to a point, but then when it becomes, now you're going to go to jail if you sell the album, right. Then, you know, I I don't think every state, listen, I don't think anybody in New York or LA was scared about selling the album, but all across the South, you had, you had people, you had, uh, record store chains pulling them from the shelf well you make sure. an interesting point too because it's like they're not going after the big guys in new york and la on the coast no but they're going after the little guys right and i feel right. like that i feel like what's cool about what even they ended up fighting for even with two two live crew and just this situation in general is that that's what hip hop does anyway. It sticks up for the little guy in, yeah. in, in general. So the fact right. that these were the people that were the ones who were probably complaining simultaneously about the record and its absurdity, absurdities are also the same people who are defending their right to sell it. Yes. And I, I love right. that wicked irony. Yeah. It's you know, punk rock, hip hop, and punk rock are, are brothers in this, in this anti establishment yes. bullshit. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
uh, here's I you know like here's how I remember being a kid and Bruce Springsteen licenses a sample or he maybe even gives it to them. Uh, he gives them Born in the USA. So right. They, so they could do the song Band in the USA. In the USA. And it was the and Bruce and Bruce, it is not easy to get his music. And that was back in the 90s, especially like no, no movie ever had Bruce songs, uh, you know, unless right. unless he wrote them for the movie. Um, and and he gave them Band in the USA. And, and uh, that was like, you know. I was like the biggest rock star on the planet recognize right. recognize uh what a fucking witch hunt it was and yeah. and and what a free speech violation it was. Yeah. That was another thing that it did too is it had artists from all different genres kind of like you know sticking up for these guys and and, and sticking up for cuz they knew it would be them next, you know what I mean? So yeah. that was a that was a cool thing to see a lot of musicians that normally didn't really like, you know, not that they didn't like rap, but they didn't really have any connection to it. You had a lot of people like speaking up on, on behalf of them, um, not just them, but the, the whole witch hunt censorship shit in general, which is, it was ridiculous. And like, you know, I mean, imagine them being alive today. They fucking blow their brains out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But it's I mean, it's weird because now you see like a song like WAP is celebrated. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I'm not even saying I'm not even saying it shouldn't be. I'm just saying that uh, it's just so crazy to to think how far we've come, how the views have shifted. Yeah. And and hopefully it doesn't shift back. Right. Like like you were saying earlier. I just think there's just too many like the Internet is such a beast. dude. Like there's just too many avenues to like get stuff out there now. Like it's going to come. It's going to get to where it needs to get. It's going to be heard by who it needs to be heard by. And there's nothing those guys can really do anymore. You know what I mean? Like that's true. It is a lot more democratic. Imagine you're the guy. That, just... Imagine you're the guy that makes the parental advisor stickers. Like where have you been for fucking twenty years? You know what I mean? Like that <laughs> shit don't even. There's no physical product really anymore. You know yeah, what I mean? There really is. I didn't think about that. There is no. That. Now somebody just has to type a little e in next to the track. Right. <laughs> <laughs> on Spotify. That's right. Is it still like? a mandatory requirement for like physical releases or anything like that? I don't know. I couldn't even tell you the last time I was like in a record store and held. Cause I know some records at a, at a certain point. Cause you remember they started wearing that fucking like a badge of honor. Yeah. Yes. So like, yeah. so some labels just put it on themselves. Yes. Right. So, and, and, and kind of like going back to that, like the haze code of like the early 20th century with like movies and TVs. Like I, I can't remember. I don't think it's a government sanctioned thing. Like it's it's done by the record labels themselves. Do they do they self police? Do you know like who decides who get who got those stickers? Was right. it the I record it, labels or yeah, was I it? Think it's it's uh, I believe if I'm if I'm you know from from my understanding it's it's kind of a committee type of thing where the same yeah. with the. Uh, What's the, the movie rating system? Yeah, like, like the Motion Picture Association. Like yeah. it started from the Hayes Code where like if something's rated R or PG or whatever, that's a committee that's within like the movie production. It's like the motion right. was the motion uh, motion picture academy or whatever it's called. You know, sure. And it's because they didn't want the government involved. The government was like, yeah. we're going to regulate this. And they're like, and it's like well, no, we'll, we'll do it ourselves. Off. 
we'll right. do it ourselves. And yeah, it's the same thing with the record labels. And like you, you uh, I can't remember if it was you or Ken that said like late, the labels were putting that shit on them there themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's a badge of honor now. Like it's like cool to see that shit. So it's not yeah. like a, a so bad thing. It's good, so- good marketing. Cause again, like we talked about earlier, the more you make people not want to, uh, you know, tell people that they shouldn't do something, the more they're going to yes. want to do. Yep. You, know yep. What I mean? you remember, you remember when that movie, the interview came out that, uh, <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, the oh, North Korean one. Yeah. We're like Seth Rogen. And what was it like? Yeah. James Franco go to, yeah. uh, Franco, yeah. go to North Korea to, uh, kill Jim, uh, kill. Jong-un. Yeah. And, um, I had zero interest in seeing, I was like, that movie sounds dumb even for me. Like I've got a pretty high threshold for dumb movies. But then the minute it got yanked from the theater, I was like, what the fuck is this censorship? Now I'm now I got to see this movie. And then, and then you were able, they made it so like you could rent it. Like the year it came out, like on Christmas day, you could rent it for a day for like 20 bucks. And I was like, yeah, you're not telling me I can't, watch this movie and then yeah and then and then 15 minutes in i was like i sh- should have just lit 20 dollars on fire <laughs> yeah my, my whole thing with with you know especially as as with with adults when it comes to censorship when it comes to things that you think are too far i i just it's really simple for me to be like yeah that's not really for me and then cut it off yes yeah i yeah. have a problem with telling people what's too far for them because yes. some people might think some shit is awesome that I think is like vulgar or disgusting. But the last thing I'm going to do is sit there and be like, you shit. I'm like, yo, it ain't for me. And then I'll, I'll exit from that, right. from that song or that movie or that, you know, special or whatever. Like it, you can't, the more you, you, you try to control what people uh, deem inappropriate, the more that you're going to get backlash. And I don't, I don't understand why that concept hasn't really, it's still like a struggle, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. If you watch, if you watch, um, if you watch that documentary, you see like somebody was, you know, like one of the anti Luke guys was saying like, oh, any self-respecting Floridian would would not want would not want to be caught listening to this, and uh, they wouldn't want other people listening to it. And I'm like, well, how do you get into that? How do you decide what other people should listen to? Right. Just especially if, if you're if you're a grown up. Also, could yeah. you imagine? Could you imagine being a self-respecting Floridian? <laughs> yeah, that sentence at all doesn't make sense. He, yeah, yeah, he made that up. That's not a thing. No, <laughs> nobody's. Um, Jesus. So damn, two live crew is out here fighting for our right to party. Two, they were two live they crew. Were. They, I think, any any uh, really any musician, any artist that has put out explicit content on an album, you know, post nineteen ninety two, owes this dude a thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah shout out sure. to Uncle Luke, man. He definitely, like I said, man, he was he was uh, a pioneer of his time, man. He doesn't get enough love and respect, but he was a great guy. I'm curious, like you guys. Do you do you guys know like did after the whole controversy and me so horny and they were able to sell the record again like 
did they have any more success after that? Because I don't really remember too much. I, I don't think so. I don't. They, I don't they did some albums throughout the 90s and the lineup always kind of changed. I think after Band in the USA, if that was the album, whatever that album was, it uh, they that was the, the lineup would change. They kind of came and went and they would get get back together and then they did. And then there was like the new two live crew, which was like some of the guys. And then they did, you know, so but they all seemed to like I don't think it was like a a nasty thing like they were they just would go and off and do solo projects and they get together for for different things so yeah okay. so throughout the years they did but they never recaptured that that same success. no in fact luke isn't even like luke's a high school football coach now right yeah right. Uh, he, he's right. been he's been involved in football longer than he was a rapper right yeah, yeah it's crazy how that happens like here's this guy that's like you know, in the story of hip hop, one of the most important figures. And it's kind of like, you know, but that was that was the time where you would have a guy that would have, you know, one or two albums and then kind of like, you know, that was the, the shelf life, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah it's it's a shame because he, he probably doesn't get the uh, he probably doesn't get the recognition that that he deserves because that that dude like went on the he was on the front line and willing to willing to go to print like that's like muhammad ali shit for yeah. real like for sure. you're willing to go to jail uh for your belief to what what's the song your mom like to to sing dick is in the dust <laughs> yeah you're willing to go to jail to put out my dick is in the dust dude i, pr- I promise you you're gonna have a great laugh if you, once you once we're done here like listen to dick is in the dust it's like like i said it's like society's trying to take us down it's like okay two live crew getting serious for a minute you know <laughs> hook, the hook is my back's against the wall and my dick is in the dust and i always would be like what does he mean by that mom she's like you understand when you're older and sure enough here I am at 41. I know what it means to have your dick in the dust, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> now, here's just this is the, the filmmaker in me who wants to know, are these guys, do you think these guys are worthy of a biopic? Because I think that story is fucking phenomenal. I think that I had no idea any of this went down. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, so. I actually I, I do, because it's it'd be like a courtroom, you know, like a courtroom drama. Yeah. Yeah. I think it would yeah. be like a mixture of a courtroom drama and straight out of Compton, where it's like you get sure. that you get the story of how it of how they formed, but then you get this absurd fucking court case. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. and I think that that's also why most people don't know this story is because like it's not as well known in the grand circle of hip hop, I would assume. Yeah. Because I think when most people think of the parental advisory sticker, their thought automatically goes to the Tipper Gore meetings right. where they had Fucking John Denver, John, yeah, and Frank D. Zappa, Snyder, and Frank D. Snyder. But it was it was all two live crew started that whole conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think two live. Yeah, I'll fucking make it. It, it, it was like um, it's, it's it'd be like uh, People versus Larry Flint. There you go. Movie. Yes. Yeah, you go. yeah. It's it's yeah. almost the same. Yeah, I think I mean yeah, I mean I'm surprised no one has uh has jumped on that, man. That's a, that's a wide open story waiting to be told. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Kahuna, there it is. I, I go, go for it. Buddy. Copyright. I love rock and roll podcast. I call that <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. Watch George Lucas is suing us in a couple years. <laughs> yeah. He's already on your yeah, radar. Dude, you're going to go online tomorrow, bro. And it's going to be like, 
me and Ken have an announcement. We're working on a two live crew uh, biopic. <laughs> yeah, we just, signed, we just signed the deal. We're so excited to get it started. <laughs> oh man! Then uh, then Chip and Kahuna put out their own like. Uh... <laughs> You yeah. remember for a while, like in the early 2000s, you'd have to get two of every movie. Right. It'd be like, right. like Armageddon and then Deep Impact's got to come right after yeah. that. Yeah. That used to, oh my God, that used to piss me off, man. I, there was one that was so blatant that I, uh, I'm even going to try to remember because my brain's a little foggy, but that was definitely a thing where it was just like, dude, did you not? They just did this a month ago. You yeah. know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. <laughs> there, There's some pretty bad ones out there there is one that's like die hard after it started the trend of like fucking action movies yeah specific location right just right after that under siege under siege (laughs) yeah i was like jesus christ chill with that if that happened with music though do you know by the way do you know what it was i just remember sorry it was like I don't know the name. One was like Olympus has fallen. It was both like the president's like stuck in the White House and like oh yeah, one of Morgan Freeman in it. There was like Olympus has fallen. There was one literally like the same plot like a month later. So I was it remember. White? I think it was called White House Down. Yes, was it White House Down. Yes, yeah, yeah. very good. Back to back movies about people trying to run up in the White House. Fucking un- unreal. Uh, bo- both 2013 movies. I'm looking it up. Yeah, it came out the same year. Fucking. They came out with um two they came out with two Chuck Webner movies in the same year. <laughs> Chuck Webner. <laughs> you know Chip, you know who he is? No, who's that? He was a boxer. He was the dude that inspired Rocky. He's the real Rocky Balboa. Oh, right, right, yeah. He went toe-to-toe with Ali. He went like 15 rounds and lost a decision, but he knocked Ali down. Yeah. Um and they did they did two movies on that dude's life in yeah. the same year. I, I saw the Lib Shriver one. That was real good. I I yeah, roast I roasted Chuck Webner. And did you? yeah, this is interesting. So I I'll tell this and then we'll get out of here. I roasted Chuck Webner once. Uh he's the Bayonne bleeder and um Bayonne, New Jersey. And uh, my friend lives there and he 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 was producing this roast. So I roasted Chuck Webner and um oh fuck, who's the dude? Who's the dude that fought he fought Ali? James Tony? No. Um it might not even be James. Larry, Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes, thank you. Oh, oh my Larry god, Holmes, it's yeah. amazing that you speak uh idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like it's James something. You're like Larry Holmes. I'm like, <laughs> I just put together like those two. They, that makes sense that they would be in the same area together. You yeah. Know what I mean? So it it was Wepner, Larry Holmes, and Bobby Chez, and Liv Schreiber showed up for it. Okay. And I've never. This was the craziest thing. Actually, two live crew would have appreciated it. So we were told Liv Schreiber's coming, but you can't like post that anywhere. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm like a 40, you know, I'm like, I'm 40, you know what I'm like? I'm, I'm not going to run to Instagram. Night, guys. Got a special guest coming through. <laughs> but he shows up to this uh, Italian catering hall in Bayonne, New Jersey. And he walked into the room. He's a huge boxing fan and he just wants to come sit down and have dinner before the roast with, with uh, the fighters. So it was like the fighters and the comics. We had our own little section of the restaurant. And then he walked in 
And then all of the sudden, within five minutes of him walking in, two of the hottest girls I've ever seen in my life, like they're just poking their head into the room. Sure. And then all of the sudden it was like, oh, it's five of the hottest girls I've ever seen in my life. And then it was like 10. And then it was like, I'm not even exaggerating. It was like he showed up and then some kind of like pussy alarm somewhere went off. And these women just and then finally, like, I I guess he brought somebody with him. I don't know if there's someone, you know, on his team, but somebody just stood up, was like, all right, girls, you can come over and say hi. But he just wants to eat dinner. You can get a picture. And and, but I I used to I I used to work in Bayonne. There isn't 20 hot girls in Bayonne. (laughs) There's not 20 hot girls that live in Bayonne. These girls were bust in from somewhere. Right. And he seemed totally annoyed. Like you could tell you could tell by his body language that uh, he was annoyed that a flock of hot girls appeared out of thin air. Hey, that's my flock of seagulls cover band. (laughs) (laughs) Core lift driver. Yeah. (laughs) How did the roast roast go? Oh, it was amazing. It was amazing. Larry Holmes, I, I could feel him. I, I could feel that he wanted to murder me. Yeah, that's dangerous. Yes. Like- yeah. <laughs> I remember saying like he he got up and talked about how and he, you know, he's a little punch drunk. He's tough to follow. And he was like, oh, I know everybody thinks I'm punch drunk, but I'm not. You know, I'm from the I forget where he's from. Southern Pennsylvania He's like this. Is how we talk. Eastern, Eastern PA. Right. Eastern right. PA, right. And uh so I got up there, but he was talking about how everyone thinks he's punch drunk and he's not. And uh, I got up there and I was like, hey, you know, listen, I want, you know, I was talking about him. I was like, listen, I know everyone thinks you're punch drunk, but I want you to know, like, I was watching videos of you training to fight Ali when you were a young man. And like, that's you've always talked like that. Like, you're not. I just think right. you're I just think you're borderline illiterate. and i was and he was right behind me and i but you know like i could feel it i could feel like this dude wants Uh, to take my head off that is a dangerous gig man it was but it was fun i mean i i like that i like those uncomfortable moments sure Sure. Uh, everyone else laughed um <laughs> and I felt, but then also, like I'm such a huge fight fan, and and I yeah. loved Larry Holmes. Sure. I actually, I apologized to him before the roast even happened. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, look, I'm just. Good. I was like, I, you're probably not going to want to talk to me after this, but I want to tell you, I'm yeah. a big fan, and I'm sorry for what's yeah. about to happen. Yeah, I, 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 I my, a friend of mine. Th- th- decided to throw himself one for his 30th birthday the first time yeah 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 he's one of them and it was the first and last time i ever did it i i i i didn't like i kind of i enjoyed kind of being mean to everyone else on the on the day as they call it but then like when it came to my turn i was like yo this is pretty vicious you know what i mean like (laughs) you know it was it was it was so i you know i I, all the props in the world for for being able to do that shit because it's oh man god People, people go, people go hard, man. I yeah. love writing for roasts. I don't yeah. love doing them. Like yeah. I would, I would rather a friend came to me and was like, "Hey, can you help me with this roast?" 
Yeah. And I'll give you 50. Because it is like you sit up there and, and it's weird because you know that you're joking about everyone. But right. then they say shit about you and you're like, oh, that's mean. Why? Oh, yeah. 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 I think I think I'm too sensitive for them. But yeah. Um, all right. Well, listen, Reef, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. This, uh, this has been uh, this has been Ken Krantz with me. So sensitive. Yeah. <laughs> me so fragile on the dais. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> See, you joke around, but you might just create the next fucking viral hit. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um. Reef, where can uh, where can people find you? Oh yeah, uh, at Lost Cause on uh, Cause is spelled with a Z because you know hip hop gotta fucking make it weird. So it's uh, at Lost Cause on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Reef the Lost Cause on Facebook and on all the streaming and all that jazz. And uh, Chip, anything coming up? Uh, uh, just uh, follow me at Chip Chantry on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Now I haven't posted anything on TikTok, oh, but I, I got a couple of videos it. coming up. Uh, coming up the pike. So uh, be ready for that. Just at Chip Chantry. How about you, Kenneth? Uh, at Ken Krantz comic. Um, and uh, that's it. I'm too, I'm too, uh, I'm too high to look through my phone at dates. Kahuna, where can the good people find you? Uh, you can check me out on arcade player one on uh, Twitter. Uh, arcade productions on Instagram. Just launched that. And uh, yeah, it's really it. Uh, are you saying are you saying arcade or arcade? Arcade, like old school arcade machine. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna follow you tonight. Okay, cool. Yeah. Word. And Reef will um, there's there's uh, to me this is a huge announcement, but uh, a big hip hop <laughs> announcement. March, what you about to say, man? March third, March third, they are finally releasing De La Soul's back catalog. Yes on yes. streaming services. You've never been able to get it anywhere. The only way I can listen to De La is in my car CD player. Sure. Which sure. is, I've had... Um, which I don't want to disrespect my CDs anymore by putting them <laughs> in the car player. I've had stakes as high as been in my car CD player for about four straight years now. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, love, they're a whole different animal, man. They're, they're just like, yeah, they're beyond... You know, yes. they're yeah, 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 they're my they're my favorite rap act of all time. But um, yeah. yeah so I want to I want to get you back on so we can talk about them right but, before. Uh, let's talk Taylor. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Fuck yeah, that'd be great. All right, all right, everybody. We'll see you next week. <laughs>